You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Doug Robbins. Okay, thank you guys. Let's get on with the thing. We got, we're on a time schedule here. Uh, so how many of you know that our church is supposed to be a place where the jacked up can get helped up? Look, we don't care uh, if you're a pothead, meathead, deadhead, you know, it doesn't matter if you're one of those ladies get paid in $1 bills. It doesn't matter if you're like a homeschool kid that doesn't understand any of that because it wasn't covered on Little House on the Prairie or in your homeschool co-op. Look, uh, this is a place where the jacked up can get helped up, and that is at the core of our church. Now, this week, we're going to start talking about cycles, and so would you say that word cycles with me? Ready? Cycles. We see it set up by God in the creation in Genesis 8.22. Look at it. It says, as long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. You see these cycles. If you look out at the sun an hour from now, if the sun were out today, uh, if you could see it today, you'd see it one place and then an hour later, it's going to be somewhere else. Why is that? Because we're moving. We're on this little blue planet that's moving through space at 68,000 miles per hour while it's spinning at 1,000 miles an hour. Are you getting dizzy yet? But we're all moving. And when, the, when we go all the way around the sun, we've gone through what's called a cycle, haven't we? Gone through a cycle. We're moving, our bodies are moving. My body's not moving the way I want it to move as I continue to have birthdays. It's like there is less up here and more around this section right here. And eating this kind of stuff isn't gonna help me, you know what I mean? It's like my hairline is moving and it's not moving in the direction that I want it to move. When I was a little baby, I didn't hardly have any hair. And now I'm going through a cycle. Like the rainforest, it continues to recede (laughs) because of cycles, see? Now, uh, we move through the seasons. The seasons are cycles, aren't they? So it's cooler weather now. We love that. Other parts of the country, they have four seasons. We have two, summer and fall. Uh, That's all we got here in San Antonio, Uh, but we'll take it because of what? cycles, right? Now, um, when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, uh, they had a perpetual cycle of God's blessing. They were enjoying the blessing and close connection with God, but then they sinned. And when they sinned, it set in motion a new cycle of sin and death in the world. In fact, we're affected by that cycle today, aren't we? You see it in your children, those of you that have children. It's like when you tell them to stay out of the cookies or stay out of the cake, what do they want to do? They want to lie to you and deceive you and manipulate you in some way to get to the cake or the cookies. Jake and Natalie Kripals figured that out with their daughter, SB. Look at this video. What are you Come on, Mom. Come on, what? I gotta stay in my chair? Yeah. Why? Why do I have to stay in my chair? Go. Because what are you doing? You need space? Yeah. Something's in your eye? Yeah. Oh. What are you doing over here? I'm trying to get my 
I'm not gonna go sit down. Because I know I'm not scaring you. You're scaring me. You will pretty school friend, you mama's cat boop. <laughs> They're such cute little sinners, aren't they? Uh, but here's the thing that Jake and Natalie have provided a loving environment to train their children uh, so that it breaks cycles. Because what they understand is that cycles can continue in families. Look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 5. It says, I lay the sins of the parents upon their children, and the entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But look at this. I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. And so how many of you know that uh, there's a, such a thing as what's called the generational curse that gets passed down to others, but um, we're going to explore that today in the Bible, in the teaching. In fact, you see that cycle generationally uh, throughout the biblical narrative of the Old Testament, and you see it in the life of Abraham. Abraham was a deceiver. I know he was Father Abraham, the founder of the, you know, Jewish faith as well as Christianity and Islam, but uh, he was also a deceiver because he went through these areas and he lied to these rulers, telling these rulers to save his own skin, telling them that his wife was his sister. Ladies, how many of you want a dude that's going to like to save his own skin, tell some guy that he's, that, that, that you're like his sister there? He didn't do it just once, but he did it twice. His, his wife, Sarai, She's, she's even got a hot name. I mean, she was a hot woman, probably a lot of followers on Instagram, uh, but she was so hot. He's like, they're going to take my hot wife and they're just going to kill me. So I'm going to lie about it. He did it twice. And it didn't just stop with him. His son, Isaac, did the same exact thing. He had a hot wife, went through one of the same neighborhoods that Abraham had gone through, or rather uh, um, through the same area or geographic area, lied to a king and told that king, that his wife was his sister to save his own skin. And the deception didn't stop there. It went to Isaac's son, Jacob, who lied to his father to cheat his brother out of a birthright. Deception in that family was a what? Cycle, wasn't it? You continue to read throughout the Bible and you'll see David had a lust problem in his family. In fact, there are some that believe that David was an illegitimate child or that uh, his dad had um, committed adultery and somehow he was birthed and you see his lust problem when he was looking at porn on a rooftop one day. Well, that continued to his son, uh, his next son. In fact, by the way, his sons, uh, as they continue to grow up, you know how they knew that David was dead when he was an old man? They put a young woman in his bed and he didn't move. See, because there was a cycle of lust in that family. And then his son Amnon continued that and raped his half-sister. And then it continued with Solomon, who was one of the wisest and wealthiest men in the world at the time. But Solomon had 300 wives and 1,000 concubines. I mean, that is a lot to manage it, wouldn't it be, guys? Um, but why? Because in that family, lust was a cycle wasn't it? We see the cycle in science. Dr. Rachel 
Yehuda. She's the professor of psychiatry and neuroscience at Mount Sinai Hospital, and she calls it epigenetics. And she says that literally something's passed down in the DNA, in the genes. And so she did this study on Holocaust survivors' children and grandchildren, and she found at a gene level that there's something passed down. Trauma was passed down to the third generation there. We see this in history with Jonathan Edwards, who was a pastor in the 1700s. He was a brilliant author and scholar. In fact, he went to Yale when he was 13 years old, you know. So he was a smart dude, and he later became the president of Princeton. And every night, he and his wife, Sarah, would pray with their children and speak a blessing over them and talk to them for like an hour. They had a lot of children. And so one historian and educator some years later uh, decided he wanted to look at the family tree of Jonathan Edwards and compare it to a guy named Max Jukes, who had a lot of descendants who were uh, and a lot of family members who were in the New York prison system. And so look at this chart and you can see these two family trees compared. Jonathan Edwards' legacy includes one U.S. vice president, a dean of a law school, dean of a medical school, three senators, three governors, three mayors, 13 college presidents, 30 judges, 60 doctors, 65 professors, 75 military officers, 80 public office holders, 100 lawyers, 100 clergymen, 285 college graduates, and then you compare that to Jukes's family tree, uh, and you can see seven murderers, 60 thieves, 190 prostitutes, 150 other convicts, 310 paupers, 440 who were physically wrecked by addiction to alcohol, and of the 1,200 descendants of Jukes that were studied, 300 died prematurely because of what? Cycles. Cycles are perpetuated and it's affecting our culture. That's why we deal with so much racism in our culture because of cycles. It doesn't get passed on in education. It gets passed on in the family, doesn't it? Because of cycles. Cycles affect our physical health. Some people pass down poor eating habits to their children. It affects spiritual health. Oftentimes, unbelief is passed down through parents who didn't believe. It's emotional health. Depression and anxiety sometimes can be passed down through the family. It's financial health. Poor people do poor people stuff because they saw their mom and dad do poor people stuff who saw their grandparents do poor people stuff. Poverty is a mindset that has to be adjusted. Uh, it, it affects our relational health. So how many of you seen like a woman who could never seem to find the right man? And if you look back, you would see that her mom could never find the right man. Or have you ever seen a guy that just can't stay faithful to his spouse? And his dad was the same way. So if you're dating someone, those of you that are dating right now, I suggest you date the family. <laughs> Spend some time with his or her people so that you can see the cycles. These cycles are true in a lot of facets of our life. In fact, I went to have my annual physical done recently and they gave me this big long questionnaire and they're not just asking me about me, they're asking me about my mom and dad's health concerns and my grandparents' health concerns, aren't they? Because the doctors understand that if you wanna treat a patient, you have to understand what? Cycles. So. I got a question for you. Here's what I want you to think about. Can we break these cycles or are we destined 
to just continue in the dysfunctional cycles of our family's pasts? Well, to answer the question, I want to take you to uh, this Old Testament prophet named Ezekiel. Look at Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 19. He says, what, you ask, doesn't the child pay for the parent's sins? What's that next word? No. For if the child does what is just and right and keeps my decrees, the child will surely live. The person who sins is the one who will die. The child will not be punished for the parent's sins, and the parent will not be punished for the child's sins. Does that make any parents feel a little bit better? That you raised your kids in the blessing, and they chose to start a new cycle of a curse? Righteous people will be rewarded for their own righteous behavior, and wicked people will be punished for their own wickedness. But if wicked people turn away from all their sins and begin to obey my decrees and do what is just and right, they will surely live and not die. All their past sins will be forgotten, and, the, and they will live because of the righteous things that they have done. And so Jesus modeled this for us in the New Testament when he ran across this guy that was born blind, and his disciples said, hey, why was he born blind? Was it because of his sins or his parents' sins? And Jesus said, you're not thinking right. It's not because of his sins or his parents' sins. It's so that the works of God might be displayed in him and in his life. So look, the Bible's clear. You and I do not have to live in the cycles of our family's past. And is anybody besides me ready to start breaking the cycles of our family's past? Is anybody on board with doing that and making some changes right on? So look, Chris Cock was a guy in our, is a guy in our church that decided to do something about the cycles of his past. And we brought Chris's story for you today by way of video. Go ahead and take a look. Our first stepdad was physically abusive to the boys. He used to beat the boys just for fun, and then he used to uh, molest the girls. All of that dysfunction from the top kind of filtered down to the kids. The first time it ever happened to me, I was about seven, and was by an older brother who was in his teens, he was probably 15. He would just wake me up in the middle of the night and do whatever he wanted, and then uh, I would just go back to sleep and try to forget it, you know, and I know now uh, that some of my other siblings were not just messing with the younger ones, but some of them were messing with nieces and nephews. I mean, it was just a nasty cycle. And uh, luckily those nieces and nephews weren't ashamed or afraid to say anything. They said stuff, which is why some of them ended up going to prison. That gener generational curse, you could see it. I could see it back as far as my grandfather, my mom, us, I could see how it just kept passing down, passing down, passing down. I, my way of stopping that whole generational curse was to move away from Hawaii. I joined the military, got away from my family. I didn't want my kids raised around any of my family, so I raised them in the States. We started trying to find a church, and we found City Church in 2009. Uh, loved it here because I was getting stuff from the services. Instead of checking the box Sunday, I was getting stuff. I was reading my Bible, I was studying. Well, we started doing everything that the church had to offer, and every one of those things helped us grow and grow and grow. I signed up, I went to PTO, and through the PTO process, I was telling the guys in my group, I was like, hey, I know everything here is confidential, nothing leaves this group, so I'm about to share something, and it can't leave this group. So after I got that out, I was finally able to just, you know, get it out there, talk to other people, you know, see what they did, how they did things to kind of deal with things, and, 
And then literally through the PTO process, I was able to give all of that hurt, all of that pain, all of that misery, all of that junk. I just didn't want to have anything to do with. I was finally able to just give it to God. And uh, one of the things I've learned, you know, after really seeking out God and really getting a sincere relationship is that uh, uh, whenever you have something traumatic like that happen in your life, when you confess to one another and you pray for one another, you get healing. That feeling, that freedom that I had, I wanted to make sure nobody else would carry that crap around that I carried around for 47 years. You know, so I thought, you know what, I'm staying tied in. I'm going to be a part of this PTO program. I'm going to be open about my story. So if there's anyone else out there that is dealing with anything similar, they're not going to be embarrassed or ashamed. And then you just feel like you want to give everybody else the same chance that you got. And you just want to be out there helping other people too, you know, to get the same freedom. Hate sounding religious, but that's the only word I can really think of. You just get a piece of freedom about yourself when you get all that junk and all that stuff worked through and put in its proper place. Chris had the courage to make a declaration. I choose to break the cycle. Last week, I told you that I used to deal with significant lust issue, but I made the decision to make the declaration, I choose to break this cycle. And some of you, God brought you here today to make this declaration. Would you make this declaration with me out loud? Let's say it together, ready? I choose to break the cycle. Turn to someone next to you and tell them, you're gonna break a cycle today. It's real short. You don't have to have a whole conversation about it. Maybe you should choose to break the cycle today. And so look, how do you do it? Well, there's a lot to it, but I'm going to show you three things. They all start with P today because I'm a pastor and part poet, you know. So anyways, please make a stop. So here, here they are. You want to break the cycle, you plant, you process, and proclaim. Okay, let's say that together out loud. You ready? Here we go. Plant, process, proclaim. You want a new harvest? Plant a new seed. You want to get rid of the harvest of depression in your life? Plant a new seed of positivity and thankfulness in your life. But you know the most significant thing that you can plant in your life, in your heart, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because some of you have been led to believe because of a cycle You've been led to believe that the way to get a relationship with God is to go to a bunch of religious classes and uh, to do a bunch of religious good works and that someday you're going to stand before God. He's going to have a spreadsheet there and he's going to look at your good stuff and your bad stuff, kind of like fictitious Santa Claus, you know. And if you've got enough good stuff, then maybe you'll get in. But the truth of the gospel, the seed of the gospel says, no, you only believe. You receive a relationship with God when you've chosen for yourself, not your mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, but when you have chosen to believe that Jesus Christ died on that cross to pay the penalty for your sin. And when you plant the seed of the gospel in your heart, now you have the power to change. But then you have to process. You can have the seed of the gospel inside you and have the power to change and never turn on that power to change. And the process that we have here at City Church, we call it peel the onion. You'll hear some people calling it PTO, where you're going through the layers of the issues in your own soul to get to the core issues that have affected you in your life. You just saw a video. You heard me confess my sins and struggles and issues. We go there here. 
and you will not change and break the cycle unless you're ready and have the courage to process, see? And we're gonna have a peel the onion orientation next Sunday at 2.20 right after church in the cafe next door. And if you have the courage, step in there. You don't sign up, you show up for peel the onion orientation next Sunday. And we're about to start a new season of peel the onion that takes about six months. But the third thing we're gonna do is we're gonna proclaim. Just a minute ago, when you were willing to speak out loud, there's power in your words. Your words can create worlds. But when you speak your new position in Christ, when you proclaim that the cycle is being broken with you in your family, it's powerful. And you know, one of the greatest proclamations that can be made is baptism. Baptism proclaims that an old cycles are gone and new cycles are beginning. That's why Jesus said a seed has to go down into the ground and die before it can bring forth new life. And every person that we baptize, we tell them, you've been buried with Christ in baptism. The water is like a liquid grave. You're raised to walk a new life in a new cycle. If any person is in Christ, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And some of you already signed up to be baptized today, right? And so those of you that are signed up to be baptized, if you do me a favor, will you stand up now and just move over here to my right, your left here, and just go ahead and uh, make your way down right now. While they're walking down here, I want to say something to you. Some of you have believed and planted the seeds of the gospel in your life, but you've never been willing to proclaim, take the first step of obedience, which is to be baptized. And look, you thought you were getting baptized driving through the rain to church today, but look, you can be baptized right here and we got clothes for you in the lobby. All you have to do is run back to the lobby. They have clothes for you and everything, t-shirt and all of that, and you can be baptized today. But uh, before we do the baptisms that are gonna happen today, I want us to go to the Lord in prayer. And so if you guys would bow your heads and close your eyes, we've got three prayers to pray. We've got a prayer of uh, planting to pray. Because as we're before the Lord, I want you to just kind of create space around yourself just for you and God in this moment. And if God brought you here so that you could begin a new love relationship with him, I want you to just talk to him right now. In your own heart and mind, just say to him, God, look, I know I've sinned. But Jesus, I choose to believe that you died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin. It's nothing good I've done, but it's all the good that you've done through the cross. God, I welcome you into my life. Father, I'm so grateful for those that just in those precious holy moments just prayed that just now. So now we're moving on to our process prayer. And as we bow before the Lord, perhaps some of you are willing right now in these moments to commit yourself to a process. And you might just want to say to God, God, I know I need to submit myself to a process of healing to root out the old family cycles. So God, I'm going to go to peel the onion. And with your help, I choose to break the cycles. And there are others that are, that are saying, hey, look, God, I've been freed and helped, and I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to help at least one other person 
break cycles. And those of you that are standing in line to be baptized, I want you to pray this prayer right now. And those of you that probably need to be in this line to be baptized, I want you to pray this prayer right now. God, I'm taking this first step of obedience by being baptized today. I want to proclaim to the world that my life has a new beginning. Old cycles are dying so that new life can be born. God, thank you for what you're doing in my life. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen. Well, as we sing together, let's enjoy this beautiful, multi-sensory worship experience we call baptism. And so, Lord, we thank you for what we've got to see here in this service and the last people coming to make a bold proclamation that cycles are changing. And as we continue in prayer, if a past family cycle came up in your mind and you'd like to break it today, I want you to just raise your hand real quick. Just raise your hand real quick before you and the Lord and me. Father, you see these hands lifted up by faith. And I pray in Jesus' name that each one that's had the courage to just lift their hand right now, that you bless them and that those cycles are being broken right now in this moment. And we focus in on the power of the cross of Jesus Christ, that there's not one cycle, there's not one sin, there's not one motivation that is more powerful than the cross of Jesus Christ. It melts away all the past cycles. Thank you for the freedom that you're bringing here in Christ from those cycles. And thank you for these people who are willing to say, I choose to break the cycle. We pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus and for his sake, everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.